Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, Randy, we we uh, hung out yesterday. Yeah, we had some IRL interaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we probably actually get to hang out maybe like once a month nowadays yeah. uh, because we live in different states. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it was uh, it was super fun. Uh, you want to tell everyone what we did? Yeah, we went to the San Jose Super Toy Show. Mm-hmm. It was super. Yeah, it was your first toy show. Yeah, it was. It was my first. I mean, it was my first dedicated toy show. I'd been to a collectible show like maybe twenty years ago. It was more like movie memorabilia. And then I've been to other conventions. I've been to E3, obviously, and San Diego Comic Con, and you know a few other things. But this was my first like just giant dealer hall <laughs> with nothing but toys and uh yeah we came away from it with some pretty cool stuff yeah there was a lot of star trek stuff mm-hmm. uh there are actually a lot of people looking for star trek stuff too which was yeah, a lot of people uh, you pointed out a lot of people wearing star trek shirts yep uh, and one of the very first things that we saw uh when we got to the, it was at the san jose uh fairgrounds um and uh one of the first things we saw was uh, someone carrying a poster, uh, with like some kind of like almost like charcoal or like pencil sketches, portraits. It was kind of cool of, uh, the next generation cast. Uh, and so that was like what greeted us, uh, was, was basically a big, a Star Trek fan who was leaving with Star Trek stuff. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of Trek stuff. Um, and, uh, we actually picked up some stuff. I, I think maybe we talked about, on a previous issue of Trek Trek, or a previous issue, previous episode of Trek Trek, we talked about how you had gone before um, and picked up um, some Trek figures, mm-hmm. and I got to take part in that. Yeah, yeah, the uh, there are some really good deals on Trek figures, all mm-hmm. uh, mint on sealed card, and the cards were actually in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up... Um, they were all next generation figures. I got three of them. I got uh, Reginald Barkley. Uh, I got uh, the captain. Uh, I always forget his name, uh, but he's the alien captain from the Darmok episode uh, where um, uh, Kirk or not Kirk, <laughs> where uh, Picard gets transported down to the planet with the alien captain. And he thinks he wants to fight him, but they're actually there to um, have kind of a bonding experience. Uh, that's the one where everyone, they speak in metaphor, uh, and it's one of my favorite episodes of the Next Generation. Uh, and then my, uh, my, uh, kind of ultimate find at the very last minute, uh, in fact, after saying I wish I had been able to find this was a Guinan figure. <laughs> um, we, we were literally, we were leaving. I had just told Justin, Oh, wow. Um, look, I looked at the back of the packaging for this one and there's this really cool, and I guess air quotes, uh, but I think Guinan's cool. There's this really cool Guinan figure in this wave of figures. I, I really wish they had had it. And, um, as we were leaving, I found another box and she was in there and we paid, um, I paid a grand total of $4 for these three <laughs> figures. Uh, brand new, as Justin said, meant on card. Um, and, uh, yeah, two of them, uh, Barclay and the Alien Captain, were a dollar each. And I had to pay a bit of a premium, $2 for guidance. <laughs> and then you picked up some different ones, I think. Yeah, I picked up uh, Ensign uh, Wesley Crusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a dollar. That was the only one I saw, actually. 
Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that was a dollar. Uh, I picked up uh, Lieutenant Carey from Voyager. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a nice find. Uh, I picked up Ambassador Spock. Yeah. From and, the uh, Next Generation line. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't, like, $80. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a lot of Spock merchandise, understandably. But um, everything was pretty fairly priced, or more than fairly priced, in the case of that Spock toy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, I know that you were... Cons- well, we'd actually both talked about it, but you had expressed some concern that you were worried that the Spock, all the Spock merchandise was going to be ga- gouging people, basically. Yeah, uh, which because, would be in very poor taste, but yeah. but expected. Uh, but that didn't happen, and I was glad to see that. Uh, I picked up uh, from the original, original TNG right. line. You got some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, from the Galoob TNG line, I picked up wow. Data. Mm-hmm. Who uh, didn't look at all. I was surprised how much my Barclay looks like. Bar- my figures all look like the characters, but your Data is just some dude with yellow lipstick. Yep. <laughs> yeah, those Galoob toys did not look anything like the original actors. Um, not at all. And they're considerably smaller. They're like the size... Um, do you know how big they are? They're They're kind of like OG Star Wars figures, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the other like ones. three and three quarters or... Somewhere yeah, and around then, there. And then the other, the ones, the other ones that we got are at least four inches tall, I think. And they're, you know, a lot more detailed and they have really good paint jobs. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting kind of into the material you cover on your other podcast, Points of Articulation. <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of geeking out over action figures. Uh, but I did get a book too. I got Yeah, a, that's right. I got a Starfleet technical manual. That uh, was awesome. You just were kind of like, hey, look at this. Yeah, it was just sitting in front of some guy's booth, and he was like, yeah, yeah. five bucks. I said, yeah. sure. Oh, and then there was the other thing you got. Um, it was like, what was it, the first hundred years of Starfleet? Yeah, the first 150 years or, or something. Or something like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was included with the uh, technical manual. Oh, okay. I thought maybe that was a separate thing that you picked up. But uh, it had something that ties into what we're discussing on Trek Trek nowadays. Yeah, I flipped it open, and the first thing I see is a uh, painting of Captain Archer. A painting of Archer. It looked like he was speaking at Starfleet or something. Yeah. It was like this really kind of cool, like, the illustrations that were pretty neat. They were like these historic, like, paintings of important moments in Starfleet history. Uh, And the very first one was Captain Archer in, like, full dress uniform. Uh, speaking there, and it, I mean, it looked like Scott Bakula. It looked like I'm um, Captain Archer. Sorry. <laughs> Who's Scott Bakula? I only know Captain Archer. Yeah, right? Captain Archer's not a real historical figure. We're not watching historic... It's not like Galaxy Quest. We don't assume that these are just, you know, videos they've made of real events. Anyways. So, yeah, it was a great, uh, great day for Star Trek stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. It was good to hang out. Um... You know, we we definitely listened to uh, the theme song from Enterprise a couple times. <laughs> uh, you know, just to try to get us to uh, to like it more. Um, and I'm actually we were watching the episode we're about to talk about. I I was I actually I think for the second time now I've I've just left the intro going. Uh-huh. I haven't Netflix skipped through it. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's going to happen for the rest of the season at least. I think it might be growing on me. <laughs> As much as I never thought I'd be saying that. Uh, yeah, you want to talk about the episode? Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 1, Episode 15, Shadows of Pajem. Uh-huh. Original air date, February 6, 2002. Yeah, we're in, uh, we're in 2002 now. A uh, bit of continuity with this episode. Definitely, yeah. And we can, I guess, talk about that after you recap it for us. But, yeah, definitely uh, had some some thoughts uh while i watched it about the continuity and about kind of the airing of this episode and the order it was aired uh yeah so the episode opens on at uh starfleet hq in san francisco mm. well, yeah which was different i mean we're so used to the show opening on the enterprise or outside the enterprise mm-hmm. uh ambassador saval and some other vulcans are complaining to admiral forrest about losing Pajem. Uh, Saval blames Archer because he's too, quote, volatile. Uh, Saval tells Forrest that the Earth-Vulcan joint fleet operations have been suspended. Yeah, so it sounds pretty serious. Mm-hmm. And you, did you say he's he's kind of, like, apologizing for his loss? Yeah. To um, Admiral Forrest is apologizing for his loss. Or for the Vulcan's loss. I'm just like, uh oh <laughs> <laughs> Sounds bad. Uh, then the opening credits, uh, in Archer's dining room, Archer and Trip are having breakfast. Uh, Archer has changed course to check out the Corridan system, which he found in the Vulcan database. Archer tells Trip that he's going to meet with a Corridan chancellor, but only Hoshi is going to go with him. Mm-hmm. But that turns out to be a joke. Uh, yeah. Well, he starts to, uh, tell Trip that... You know, basically the Corridans have, you know, the biggest shipyard in, like, basically this part of space, and that they have uh, ships that can hit warp seven, and it's basically an engineer's, um, an engineer's uh, dream come true for a Starfleet engineer, uh, and he's just... He's trying to kind of fake him out. (laughs) Like, there's all this awesome stuff. Oh, and he says, you'd better bring, uh, can you loan Hoshi your camera? So yep. she can take pictures of it for you. And I'm like, oh, that, uh, he's being kind of a dick. <laughs> well, I mean, he was just messing around with Trip, which was actually pretty fun. I mean, yeah. I thought it was cool. It's like, there's a lot going on in the series, and we'll talk about it later, but there's a lot going on to kind of make these people feel like they're friends. And they've been at space now for months together. Mm-hmm. Uh, just then, Archer gets a call from Admiral Forrest. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, Forrest tells Archer that the Andorians bombarded Pajem, which obviously upset the Vulcans. And uh, Forrest tells Archer to stop getting involved in interspecies conflicts. Yep. He's just like, hey, uh, yeah, knock it off. So they destroyed, they basically destroyed the monastery. Yep. Right? They just attacked the, the planet. Um, but they gave them warning. So Yes, the Andorians gave them ample warning so that all the people could get out. Uh, mm-hmm. but they don't know the status of the relics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a really important historical site. Uh, in Archer's ready room, Archer tells T'Pol that the Andorians destroyed Pajem. Uh, the Vulcan High Command blames Enterprise and uh, T'Pol for this. Mm-hmm. Specifically T'Pol. A Vulcan ship has been sent to fetch T'Pol, because she's being transferred. Mm-hmm. And Archer is upset that she's being forced to leave and being used as a scapegoat. But mm-hmm. T'Pol seems 
fine with the situation or yeah. very accepting of it anyway. Yeah. You know, she, I just took that as, you know, she's Vulcan. She's trying not to be emotional about it. Um, yeah. He says something like you there, they can't punish as a, basically as a Starfleet officer, they can't punish me. So they're punishing you mm-hmm. and it's obvious. And they're being, basically they're being petty. Yeah. Which is very unvulcan like. <laughs> Or in this series, very Vulcan-like. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, in the mess hall, Phlox talks to T'Pol about her transfer. Uh, Phlox tells her that she has lasted longer living with humans than other Vulcans have, and that she has become part of the crew. Uh, before he leaves, Paul tells her that there's going to be a going-away party. Uh, Archer and T'Pol take a shuttle pod to the capital city in Corridan. Uh, Archer wants her along, so he says, to make introductions between the people of Corridan and humans, but mm-hmm. really it's to convince her to stay. Yeah, he kind of says something to, oh, he has to, before this scene, he has to tell Trip um, that uh, he's basically can't go. <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, I need some alone time with uh, Paul, and I'll explain it to you in my room, my ready room. Uh... As the shuttle pod's flying towards the planet, they're attacked by a fixed-wing aircraft. Mm-hmm. Later, on the planet's surface, it's dark and rainy. Uh, Archer and T'Pol appear to be in some kind of shed. Uh, they're tied up with hoods over their heads. Archer tells her who Harry Houdini is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of weird, random knowledge about, like, what would for him be ancient earth? Yep. Uh, some weapon wielding people enter and remove their hoods. Uh, they speak to a man who is fighting against the chancellor. Uh, he claims that the chancellor was just put in power by the Vulcans. Uh, this man took the, the, uh, phase pistols and their ship, uh, Archer mouths off and gets hit for it. T'Pol lies and says that Archer is the ship's steward and that they're on the planet to prepare a banquet for the Chancellor. On the Enterprise, the Chancellor tells the crew that Archer and T'Pol have been captured by a radical faction. Yeah. In the shed area, the holding area, um, Archer and T'Pol try to escape from their bonds. They turn around to face each other so they can help each other untie their hands. Archer tells T'Pol that she's not responsible for the incident at Pejem, but she still blames herself. Uh, Archer tells her that she's running away. During this, uh, they fall over. Archer gets T'Pol's chest in his face. Uh, They manage to escape from the ropes, tying them together. Uh, But before they can break the ropes around their hands and feet, a guard enters. Archer takes him down, T'Pol grabs his weapon, but the other guards show up and stop them from escaping. Uh-huh. Uh, what did you think of that, like, comic element that they added to the scene? Oh, with the that trying to stand up at the same time? Uh, no, the, them falling over and then T'Pol's chest falling in Archer's oh, face. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Um... 
hey, I could have done without it. It was just a little weird. Yeah. I thought it was kind of out of place. It was very out of place. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of things that happen involving them in this uh, scenario with, you know, being tied up that I just, I don't know. I just think they didn't need to be there. Mm hmm. So, and you're going to get to one of them, I think, here in another minute or so. Uh, on the Enterprise, Reed has found the shuttle pod. He wants to send a team down. Uh, suddenly they get a message from the rebel leader. He wants to exchange Archer and Paul for 40 phase pistols. Enterprise only has 15. Uh, the Enterprise crew wonders why the rebel leader re- referred to their captain as her. Mm-hmm. Which was because T'Pol lied and said she was the captain. Yeah, and that he was just a, uh, a steward. Uh, they get another message, this time from the Vulcan ship Navarre. Mm-hmm. Trip tries to stall them, but he eventually comes clean about Archer and T'Pol being kidnapped. <laughs> he he kind of just gives it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he makes one little remark like, oh, they can't come to the screen oh. right now. <laughs> can't come to the screen right now. Um, the Vulcan captain, Sopek, d- uh, decides to take over since a Vulcan is involved in the kidnapping. Mm-hmm. In the Enterprise's meeting area at the back of the bridge, uh, Sopek has decided to make an assault on the Rebels, and Trip is not at all cool with that plan. Uh Back in the holding area, Archer and T'Pol are trying to break free. Uh, a guard enters and leaves them some food. They're tied so tightly that they can barely reach their food. <laughs> uh, T'Pol refuses to eat until Archer orders her to do so. Uh, Archer kind of worms his way over to the food. He starts eating, and he finds a blinking device in there. Mm-hmm. He, but he's basically, I mean, this is what I was talking about. He's, he's like eating out of it like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's basically laying there and just shoving his face in the bowl. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, if you really had to eat, that would be the only way to do it. But I just thought, eh, I don't know. This is a little too much. <laughs> On Enterprise, Sopek calls and he wants to know why Enterprise launched a shuttle pod. And where Trip went, and Hoshi makes some excuses. <laughs> he can't come to the screen right now. Uh, he's busy. Oh, oh, we're losing. Uh, sorry, we're losing our connection. Ooh. Yep. On the planet's surface, Trip and Reed are exploring the slums when they get captured. It turns out that they were captured by the Andorians, uh, specifically the Andorian commander, played by Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, obviously, they're back from the original Pajam episode. Uh, um, one of the notes I made here was that um, they are wearing um, uh, the away team is wearing uh, new jackets we haven't seen yet. Hmm. Um, they're wearing some new outerwear. Uh, also, it was kind of interesting to see them kind of going down to a planet at night, which um, actually isn't something you see a whole lot mm-hmm. uh, on Star Trek. Uh yeah, they went uh, down with the uh, the what was it collectible the curio guy. Yeah, that was that was also so maybe they're just using nighttime more than I'm used to seeing when we visit these planets. Maybe it's just the same area, the same set. They're just probably <laughs> using the same set. Yeah, probably. But, uh, 
But I thought their jackets were kind of cool. Um, they were like kind of like windbreakers. They looked like they were like nylon or something. Uh, so it's just it wasn't just them in their jumpsuits right, right. down. Uh, the Andorians rescued Trip and Reed from falling into a rebel trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knew what Trip and Reed were going to do because the Andorians have been monitor- monitoring uh, Vulcan transmissions since the incident at Pajem. Yeah, basically the Andorian listen. incident. Oh yeah, that was their incident, right? <laughs> it's copyrighted or it's a uh, trademark now. Uh, yeah, they basically have just been eavesdropping the whole time. Yep. Well, you know, fair is fair. The mm-hmm. Vulcans were spying on them. Super eavesdropping. The Andorian commander tells them that the rebels have no intention of returning Archer and Paul. Once they're given the weapons, the hostages will be killed. Mm. Uh, Trip wants to know why the Andorians are helping them now, and the Andorian commander doesn't like to be indebted to Archer. He can't sleep. Yeah, he's like, I haven't had a good night's sleep since uh, Pajam. And, uh, I owe him a, he's like, I have him indebted to him. Uh, and he'll, his debt will be repaid once Archer has been rescued. Right. Yeah. Isn't one of those things where it's like, you made a friend uh, by helping <laughs> us. It's you literally, I'm indebted to you and I don't want to be indebted to you. And once we're, once this is done, don't want to be your friend. Yep. Uh, the Andorians know a lot about the rebel compound because they have an operative there mm-hmm. and the Andorians and trip and Reed decided to work together to free Archer and T'Pol. Mm-hmm. So presumably the Andorian operative is who put the little blinky thing in the oatmeal. Yep. Which I'm it's pretty, it's definitely oatmeal, right? Yeah. It totally yeah. looked like it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it was definitely oatmeal. So it was okay if T'Pol ate it. She's vegetarian. Anyways. Uh, in the holding area, Archer is holding on to the blinking device. It's a communicator. Yeah. He gets, I thought it, maybe it was like some kind of tracking beacon or something. But yeah, no. that's what I thought it was. But it's got nope. everything. A little speaker. Uh, he gets a call from Trip, who tells them that he, Reed, and the Andorians are going to rescue them. Hmm. At the front of the Rebels compound, uh, Trip offers some Andorian ale to some of the guards in order to distract them, while <laughs> Reed slips in and lets the two Andorians in. Yeah, he just walks up in a in like a rain poncho thing cloak. And it's just like, "Hey, how you doing, everybody? <laughs> Have some Andorian ale." Uh, in all trip like, one would assume that the UT has already figured out the Corridan language. <laughs> I know, right? We have no. I guess we have. Uh, wait a second. How did? You'd think they would have taken the universal translators away from the captain and to Paul when they captured them. They probably didn't know what kind of technology they were. That's true. So how did they understand them? I don't hmm. <laughs> Maybe they spoke English. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Anyways. Reed and the Andorians and uh, Trip take down the guards silently. Uh, but suddenly a wall gets busted down by an explosion. <laughs> it just blows up they're like what the <laughs> and uh some armed vulcans enter and start shooting <laughs> yeah it was like wait a second who is this <laughs> holy crap it's like really heavily armed vulcan attack team yeah so you got uh trip reading the andorians trying to be all solid snake and, mm-hmm. then, and then you have the vulcans coming in just saying nah Guns blazing yep yeah it was definitely different i mean you're not i mean at least i wasn't used to seeing 
Vulcans, like a Vulcan strike team, mm-hmm. uh, fully armed with, you know, phase pistols or, you know, whatever, phase rifles, something like that. Uh, during the firefight, Trip and the Andorian commander rescue Archer and T'Pol. Mm-hmm. The Vulcans use a heavy weapon to take out the remaining rebels, and there's a standoff between the Vulcans and the Andorians. Yeah, it's kind of like a a uh, Reservoir Dogs moment. <laughs> While the two sides are arguing, the rebel leader gets up and aims his gun. T'Pol sees this happening and knocks Sopek out of the way, and she gets hit in the process. Yeah, she's like shot in the kidney, or at least where a human kidney would be. Uh, Archer takes her to the Enterprise. In sickbay, Sopek visits as Phlox and Archer are standing over an unconscious T'Pol. Archer makes the argument that she saved Sopek's life, so he shouldn't take her back to Vulcan. Mm-hmm. He wants the Vulcans to give her a second chance. And he wants Sopek to convince the Vulcan High Command uh, that she should stay on Enterprise. Flux tells him that T'Pol can't be moved for quite some time due to extreme trauma. Sobek tells Archer that he will speak to the Vulcan High Command. Uh, he leaves. Then Flux wakes T'Pol up. And T'Pol seems fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's just like, whoa, what happened? Uh, Flux tells her to stay in sick bay for 24 hours. Archer tells her that he spoke to Sopek and that she'll, be pro- that she'll probably be sticking around for a while. Mm-hmm. He tells her that she still has some time to catch up with Sopek after she makes an argument. Uh, but she lays back down and says that leaving sick bay would violate her doctor's orders. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So, what did you think? Uh, I liked the continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, any sort of continuity is good in the show, and uh, it was good to follow up on what happened at Pajem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the Andorians, they're not such bad guys as, you know, they were made out to be in that episode. No, I mean, they, you know, clearly he wanted to repay a debt to Archer. Um, I get the sense that, I mean, I, I feel like it's a little more nuanced than it seems. I mean, obviously, you know, the Vulcans are the bad guys in the Andorian's eyes. The Andorians are the bad guys in the Vulcan's eyes. And I feel like as the viewer or as the humans, the humans, I don't feel like the humans really know, you know, like I feel like it would be a good idea for, you know, Archer to actually read up and get some, you know, some uh, unbiased um, info, some unbiased Intel on like what's actually been happening. Uh Uh, So maybe he could pick the right side to be on because he seems to want to kind of be on the Andorian side because he thinks he just doesn't like Vulcans. I mean, he's, he's got this long history of Vulcans. Although at the same time, he likes, you know, he clearly likes to Paul. And um, this was an episode, I think, more so than any other before it, where I really got the sense that um, the showrunners are trying to establish a sort of Kirk-Spock dynamic here. Like, really trying to make these, make um, to Paul and Archer be friends and be, like, there for one another and kind of, you know... Like that whole Kirk Spock thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Andorians, I mean, I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, they, like you said, they, the um, continuity was good. There was a lot of stuff that tied in. And um, kind of what I mentioned earlier when I said I had some thoughts about the continuity and when this episode was aired is, I mean, I guess it's all right that, I mean, 
clearly it's all right because I'm not in charge of the show. But I mean, it's it's okay to me that it didn't air immediately after that. But I think you know, in, in modern you know sci-fi in 2015, I, I probably would have expected this episode to be immediately after, like, or at least they what happened. Or at mm-hmm. least they would have referenced it in between. The right. Two like had an episode or two in between, at least, you know, reference like, Hey, so have you heard anything from Starfleet yet about, you know, what went down at Pajem? Mm-hmm. You know, and they didn't. So that when, you know, when Admiral Forrest finally calls, they could have had something like Archer being like, Oh, well, here we go. Like when he was in the, in his dining room, a trip, you know, there could have been like this moment of like this kind of, uh, mutual sort of like oh crap like it's finally the call from starfleet we've been dreading about pajam you know we knew this was coming um you know i just think it's clear that that i think writing on episodic sci-fi has i i I mean i don't necessarily know how it's possible but i mean i feel like it has come a long way since enterprise aired and so i keep finding myself picking out moments where I'm thinking this is how, you know, a modern, more modern sci-fi show would have handled this. But I mean, by and large, I really actually really liked this episode. I thought it was one of the better ones in this, in the season. Mm -hmm. And I thought that, um, I actually liked it better than the first pajama episode. Um, and, and I thought, like you said, it was really cool that there was this continuity. Um, it made it feel like it was worth getting invested in some of the things that were happening on the show because they would actually have, uh, repercussions later. Right. Yeah. And, the it was great to see Jeffrey Combs back. Of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually, there's another character actor that I've seen on some other shows. I think he was on justified. I, I can't remember the name off the, his name off the top of my head. I think it might be, uh, probably on memory alpha, but he played, um, Jeff Kober. He played Treg who was the leader of the rebels. Um, and it was kind of cool to see someone who I've seen like in a lot of um, like kind of uh, guest starring appearances on more recent shows show up. It's, I know it's always interesting when we see, I think, uh, you know, people were kind of used to seeing a lot more nowadays show up in a Star Trek show. Yeah. Uh, Cause a lot of people, a lot of people land kind of bit parts on Star Trek and then you end up seeing them a lot later on. Um, it was interesting, the whole, uh, Corridan thing uh-huh. where, you know, the Vulcan enduring conflict carries over to this place too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I got the sense that, I mean, I don't know if this is where it's going, but I really was thinking, wow, this is a really interesting dynamic. This is a really interesting thing that's going on. I, I hope that they do more with it. Like, I don't know in this season, it seemed like it could be kind of a central kind of plot point of the season even more so than the whole temporal cold war thing um just humans going out getting and getting kind of sticking their nose where the vulcans don't want them to Mm -hmm. and it ended up that it's because kind of there's this the vulcans i mean definitely seeing a different side of the vulcans on this show um and you're seeing them supporting these governments that you know like in this case there was this government that you know, at least from the rebel standpoint is pretty tyrannical and like they're trying to overthrow this government. That's basically according to them been put in place by the Vulcans. Yeah. Um, I mean like tr- 
Trip and Reed were talking about how there's this huge discrepancy between the haves and the have-nots on Corridan. Right! Like, there's the cool, like, the Corridan, like, the actual city is, like, great, but then there's all these slums around it, and you're starting to think, like, wow, like, there's other layers to this. There's a lot that they could do, and I'm just kind of waiting for something to happen with it. I don't know if it's because they don't seem... It's almost like they don't have a set writing staff on the show, which is maybe what shows nowadays have more often. It's like a a writing staff that, you know, just works on things like continuity and story arcs and things like that. Versus this, where, I mean, this episode was written by a couple of um, people who had worked in Trek formerly, but they hadn't done a a previous Enterprise episode. Um, So maybe, maybe that's part of it is that they just have a lot of like people pitching in on stories and writing them, but they don't really, you know, they're not really going from um, episode to episode to episode, thinking these things into, you know, planning these things into the future. Right. So, but yeah, it was cool. It was really cool that there was like some more layers to this show or this episode. Yeah, and it's great to continue, like, the string of really solid episodes. Oh, granted, mm-hmm. Sleeping Dogs was kind of whatever, but... Yeah, it was just so fillery. I mean, it's especially, like, when you see something like the original The Andorian Incident, and then you see something like, um, you see something like Dear Doctor, and then you have something like this, and then in between them is something like Sleeping Dogs. You're just kind of like, ah, like, like, I realize you you they the network has ordered a certain number of episodes but i mean come on <laughs> can't you like uh, at least give us like three really good episodes in a row or something but anyways um also i'm just gonna say something something along those lines oh i was gonna say that uh, i mean maybe it's just you know psychological on my part but um i really feel like uh, andorian incident was when fred decker came on board as you know someone on the show and as a consulting producer and i feel like ever since he kind of came on in that capacity that the show's been on an uh, upward uh, trajectory so uh you know maybe it was just a matter of of getting the right people working on it. And it gives me hope that, um, you know, based on what you and I have both heard from people who've watched the whole series, that that's something that will continue to be kind of tweaked and improved as we keep watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about shuttle pod one. Ooh, Sounds uh sounds like it might take place entirely in Shuttlebot One. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they well, needed to save some money. We'll find out. Yeah, definitely. Uh thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Yep, yeah, see you then. <laughs>